On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving, at your desk, maybe at the gym, but you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Cricket Unfiltered, the News Corp Cricket Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Mensel, a.k.a. Menas. Stephen O'Keefe tried to call me Menace. But it's manners. Um, and I'm here in the Australian women's cricket team headquarters getting ready for a big summer ahead. And I have a special guest, the Australian women's team vice captain, Rachel Haynes. Rachel, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm well, thanks, Andrew. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for coming on. You've had a, a busy off season playing over in, in England for Loughborough Lightning, and you're now preparing for a massive summer with what the Sydney Thunder women's big bash team and the Australian women's team are about to embark on a series against New Zealand. Are you feeling excited? Yeah, I think the whole team is, to be honest. It's been quite a long pre-season for the, the players who weren't able to, to get over to England and play. So it kicked off last weekend with our domestic uh, National League competition. And so um, the girls have spent some time out in the middle and they're, they're ready to go for the international summer. Absolutely. I'm excited too. I mean, it's been a, a long winter, it feels like, for me. But now there's more cricket than ever. There's more Big Bash, more Australian women's team matches on TV. I cannot wait. And in today's show, we're going to talk about what's ahead for the Australian women's cricket team, talk a little bit about Rachel's journey, and then we'll wrap up with the week in cricket headlines. All right, well, let's start with this T20 series against your bogey side, the New Zealanders. I didn't realise that they have the wood on Australia in the T20 format. What's going on there? Yeah, they have recently. They've got some very good players in this format of the game. And I guess to name a, th- a few, someone like Sophie Devine, who I've spent some time uh, playing alongside in, in England recently. You know, she's a, a fantastic all-rounder um, and very dangerous player. You know, some more familiar names in um, Amy Sathiswaite, who's just been named captain as well, and Susie Bates too, who, you know, those three really are quite dangerous. But I think as well, more recently, we've seen um, a young young leg spinner, Amelia Kerr, come through too. And, you know, she's been... Didn't she have some unbelievable game where she scored like a double hundred and took wickets or something? Yeah, yeah she's Pretty been... scary. Yeah, it is scary for someone so young as well. Um, and she beats both sides of the bat as well. She's got a very good wrong um, as well as her traditional leg spinner. So I think, um, yeah, they've, they've got a very strong strong side and some players to look out for. So with uh, Sophie Devine, uh, you lived together in England and played in the same team. Have you got some inside knowledge about her now? Well, I got to see uh, pretty up close opening the batting with her at Loughborough, what she's capable of and how dangerous she is. I don't know if I've got any inside tactics, but I think particularly with international cricket these days and uh, domestic tournaments that more and more international players are playing in, there's not a lot of places to hide. You've got to have your game in order, and uh, she's certainly a player who does uh, have that. Um, having said that, I, I think... You know, our team will have some good plans in place and hopefully we can nullify what she's capable of. Also, I guess now that there's more coverage of the women's game on TV, you know, you get a lot more opportunity to see the games, which helps for scouting. Yeah, and I think 
the an- analysis side of the game as well has really taken off. Um, it's certainly really important within our team and we prepare really well. We'll have meetings uh, leading into the series looking at New Zealand in a little bit more detail and, and work out what our key matchups are and, and how we want to try and, um, I guess, nullify what they're capable of bringing. It's a, it's a big summer for the team because, you, you know, you go from this series and then basically, you know, in early November you, you're playing in the World T20 in the West Indies. Uh, that tournament's such a big tournament, isn't it? Yeah, it's huge. It's it's one of the pinnacle events in, in women's cricket. And, you know, it's, uh, I guess, a, a tournament. And, and World Cups are, are really the types of series that, that players want to be part of, but also you want to experience and, and win. We've been fortunate to, to do that in the past. Um, I think, you know, more recently, we've probably not had as much success as we would have liked in those big tournaments. But Having said that, I, I think most teams leading into to the World Cup in November, particularly this time of year, um, obviously want to be playing well and, and getting their games in order to make sure they're, they're ready to perform in the Caribbean. Yeah, and this, I mean, New Zealand in your group in the World T20, so this series against them is, is quite important, isn't it, to, for the Australian team to get some sort of momentum? Yeah, look, we'll certainly be looking to practice some of the things we're, we're trying to implement uh, later on at the World Cup. And, you know, it'd be nice, I guess, to, to create, a, create a couple of, um, you know, demons along the way as well for some of their players if we can get some good matchups happening and, and um, yeah, try and, um, I don't know, maybe create a couple of scars there. But, yeah, I think, you know, first and foremost, we want to focus on the type of cricket that we want to play. Um, and then get some confidence leading into such an important tournament. Yeah, I heard Elise Perry talking about the team wants to play sort of more with more fearlessness. I'm trying saying that very fast. So, um, <laughs> I get, how how do you want to implement that? Is that a, a you know more aggressive with the bat, or is it just putting results out of your mind? How does that practically come into the game? Yeah, well, I think it's it looks different for every player, um, but certainly in big moments under pressure, we don't want our team going into their shell. Um, I think perhaps that's something we've been a little bit guilty of in the past in big matches, um, but playing with aggression and, and confidence is something that I think Australian teams have done really well in the past, and so that's something that we really want to bring to the table, um, not just in big tournaments, but in every time or every time we get the opportunity to represent Australia and so you know hopefully in this New Zealand series you'll you'll see us bringing a lot of that and it'll be really entertaining for people to watch um, and then obviously later in the year as well we want to make sure in a, a big tournament at the World Cup um, we're ready to bring that to life as well. Yeah it's hard to do that though isn't it when the pressure's on when it's win or go home or something similar and the result of the game is on the line it is hard to, to stick to that kind of mantra isn't it? Uh, in some respects it is but I think that's elite level sport you've got to make sure that you back your ability in in big moments um and even in the smaller moments as well it, it's it's practiced it's not something that you can just bring to life when you're under you know a, a huge pressure game in a semi-final or something like that at a world cup so yeah our team wants to practice that style of play it doesn't matter who our opposition is you know what kind of series it is we want to make sure that at every opportunity we're, we're practicing how we want to play in all all moments yeah, so this series, you've got the first game at North Sydney Oval on Saturday night after some football game. I don't even know the, what code it is <laughs> or care. And then the series moves on to AB Field, Alan Border Field in Queensland. And the high, I got to chat with Alan Border on the weekend at the JLT Cup, so my season's pretty much uh, hit high, a high point already. And then the series finishes up at Marnica Oval in Canberra. Three pretty good venues. North Sydney Oval, I know, is good for big scores. What about AB Field in Canberra? Do they tend to favour the battle ball? 
Yeah, well, I think we've seen, uh, even in the Ashes last year, these three venues really, you know, favour the bat. We've had some really big scores. Beth Mooney uh, scored 100 in, in two separate T20 games. World's uh, best T20 player. Yeah, yeah, she's she's been in some, some tremendous form, so I'm glad she's on our side. Uh, we've got Meg Lanning coming back into the team as well, and uh, she's come off 100 on the weekend, Elise Villani as well. So I think it, it is going to be pretty tough for the bowlers unfortunately but um (laughs) good for the viewers yeah good for the viewers and and hopefully we'll see plenty of runs out there so back to the opponents for the series new zealand Uh, why do you think there is such an intense rivalry between the two sides does it feed off the sort of broader national things or there is, is there a more sort of personal nature between the two teams yeah i think each each team just wants to get one up on the other to be honest i think you know we've claimed a couple of things that probably belong to new zealand in the past like I don't know, maybe Russell Crowe or something like that. But, um, yeah, I think it's just a healthy rivalry. Do they ever bring up the rugby? I hope (laughs) not. Yeah, I would hate to think if they brought up the All Blacks and the the Wallabies at the moment. But, yeah, I think it's just a really healthy rivalry between the two countries and neither side wants to give one up on the other. So, you know, from our point of view, we'll be looking to put in some really strong performances. As you said, they're in our group at the World Cup, so we really don't want to give them anything really to, to take away or any momentum leading to such a big tournament and, and how did the teams get on you know did you have a drink at the end of a series or you know are they so do you socialize with the opposition not so much it during the series while it's happening but um yeah definitely at the end i think at the end of the day um you know you can empathize with what each other's going through elite sport can be a, a pretty tough battleground at times but um yeah i think at the end of the day uh it's nice to once the series has settled down to, to catch up and, and talk through some of the, the moments that happened throughout. Um, some of them are funny uh, and some of them, you know, at times can get a little bit heated. But, yeah, we're, we're looking <laughs> Tell me about to those. It. <laughs> yeah, hasn't happened yet, but we'll see. Well, that, that is the Australian and the Kiwi way. Play very hard on the field, but still, at the end of the day, catch up, uh, have a chat. So it's good to see that happen. So the Australian women's cricket team has suffered a couple of big disappointments in the in probably the last two years. The 2016 uh, World T20 final, losing that to the West Indies, and then getting knocked out of the World 50 Over World Cup in the in the semi final last year. How has the team sort of I don't know done, has the team done any soul searching or sort of thinking about where the team went wrong in those tournaments and what, what you want to do better now? Yeah, look, they, they were really tough. I don't think you can shy away from those moments. Um, you know, unfortunately, I wasn't there at the end of the T20 World Cup in 2016, but uh, I was there after the 50-over World Cup in England last year, and it was really tough. Uh, being in the change rooms after a moment like that is, it's, um, you know, it's, it's heartbreaking. That's often quite silent. Um, people are hurting, and, you know, it takes a little while to, to get over because, there is such a big build-up to it and you put in so much effort. And Australia's so, done so well in tournaments. Yeah, and so there's an element of expectation as well around our team and, and our performance. But having said that, I think after the 50-over World Cup in England last year, we came back together and really sat down and you know had, had a chat about what we sort of went through as a group and then really what we wanted to focus on leading into, obviously, the Ashes last year, but then big series we've got coming up this year as well in, in terms of the T20 World Cup. So... I think our teams, it brought our team closer together and it created real clarity, I think, in terms of how we want to play and how we want to um, represent our country. So, 
Um, unfortunately, sometimes it takes going through a, a bit of a tough time um, to, to reset and get some real clarity on what it is you want to do. But I think we've found that. And I think the positive thing is we brought that to life as well when we played in India earlier this year. And our team was playing with some really good confidence, that fearless style of cricket that yes, we wanted. I think you've hit the highest ever women's T20 score at the time. Yeah, so that, that fearless um, brand that, that we've spoken about, that Elise Perry's talking about, we're, we're starting to bring that to life. And so there's real belief within our team on, on what we're capable of achieving. And yeah, so I think everyone's really looking forward to this series to you know start building some momentum again and, and leading to what will hopefully be a, a really great tournament. So I guess you did, the team managed to learn a lot from those defeats, which is, I guess, a positive. What about, it's often said that the vice captain of the team really helps set the mood in the dressing room. So, I mean, do you do that? And if so, what kind of mood do you want to set? I think as a, a leader in any team, it's about, you know, building good relationships with your teammates. And, you know, I think within our team we've got so many different characters so many different personalities it's actually a a really eclectic group of people and so you want everyone to feel comfortable in that space to be who they are and so yeah certainly Meg and I really really try and and drive that but I think you know more broadly we've got some other great leaders in our team as well so you know the likes of Elisa Healy um, Elise Perry uh, these girls now are really stepping up into those positions too and so I think more and more new players coming in are feeling really comfortable and there's an environment there where um, it doesn't just rely on one person to set the tone uh, in terms of our mood within our within our team. Um, we're seeing lots of different personalities come out, which is great. What, how would you characterise the, the mood in the dressing room? Is it, do you guys try and be upbeat or is it very focused? What's it like? I think you do have to try and keep it light. Um, there can be some pretty serious times when you're, you're out there playing. So any opportunity you have to... Uh, have a little bit of a, a joke or a laugh and, and uh, I guess see the lighter side of things is important. And someone like uh, Elise Filani, she's a, a bit of a, a character. She comes across group. as a real character. Yeah, she's a very funny girl. I really enjoy uh, playing alongside her. She's, uh, you know, obviously really capable and very skillful. But I mean, if everyone in the team was like that, it'd probably be too much. Well, but... it, it might be. I think sometimes she overshares at times. <laughs> but no, it's great having people like that. Uh, even players like Megan Shoot too, who just just like to to keep it light and yeah keep the mood really fun and then i guess that balance is where there'd be a few people in the team who are quite focused a little bit more in in, on game day and and stuff yeah i'm probably guilty of that to be honest um you know there's probably a couple of players in our team who who put themselves in in that spot uh elise perry can be can be pretty focused at times but she's got a good balance as well with having a a bit of a laugh and uh beth mooney as well one of our, our opening bats um She's probably one of the, the more serious characters in the team too. So, But I think we've got a real health, healthy balance and uh, it's a good place to be. Yeah, I have a regret when I played of being too serious, not enjoying the games enough. I guess you re- each person has to find that sweet spot that gets the best out of themselves, isn't it? And I guess as a vice captain or, or when you're a captain, you want to try and help players find that spot. Yeah, absolutely. I think when I was younger, I was really guilty of that. I probably was too serious and at times uh, didn't allow myself to re- relax. And you and, just can't play as well when you're yeah. that tense, can you? Yeah, absolutely. I've no doubt. Well, that's probably my at excuse times, anyway. Yeah, probably at times it affected my performance, but I think I've found a, a really good balance now and uh, it's helped me relax both in the change room and out in the field and I'm playing some of my best cricket at the moment. So yeah, I wish I had discovered it a little bit earlier, but I'm glad I've got that now. And so 
for me, I always try and make sure I find uh, people who keep it light in the change room and, and set up next to them. Great. And so the, the, the Australian team plays this series against New Zealand and then do you play some games against Pakistan after that in... Malaysia. Malaysia. Yeah, so we've got um, a little bit of a hectic schedule coming up. We've got this series against New Zealand. We have a, a week off and then we head over to Malaysia to play Pakistan in three ODIs and three T20s. Uh, before heading straight to the Caribbean. So uh, it's going to be a long stretch away from home, but I think the the girls are just looking forward to playing. As I said, we've just come off a quite a lengthy pre-season, um, but there's real excitement amongst the group heading into what will be, obviously, the, the T20 World Cup later on in the year. It sounds like a pretty good gig to get flown over to the Caribbean, play some cricket, hang out in the beach, drink your... I've just been watching the Caribbean Premier League. It looks amazing over there. Where... where Will your team be based, do you know? Uh, we've got our, our warm-up games. Uh, we start in Antigua, and then we go to Guyana for our group round matches. Um, and then pending on, on semifinals and those sorts of things, I think we're back at Antigua. But I've got some really fond memories of the Caribbean. I played one of my first series for Australia over there in the, the T20 World Cup. It's probably six or seven years ago now, so... It's such a great place to play cricket. They've got such a relaxed nature. Um, you can enjoy yourself off the field, uh, particularly you know visiting different beaches, um, even just embracing the culture. It's yeah, lots of fun. So it's amazing. Yeah, unfortunately, I, I got some some bad memories of some of the running sessions we had to do on the sand over there. But aside from that, the, the cricket and um, I guess the, the fun off the field, you know, if you can find that balance, it's a really good place to be. Oh, well, this Saturday night, it all starts at North Sydney Oval, first game of the three-match series. All right, now let's switch tacks now, Rachel. I want to talk a bit about, you know, you've had a really interesting journey, cricket journey, in inverted commas. Uh, but firstly, I read that your birthday... It's one of my favourite days of the year, Boxing Day. So, I mean, do you get the best birthday present every year to being able to watch the Boxing Day test? Yeah, I used to love it growing up because cricket was such a big part of our family life. And for me, um, I've got some really fond memories of us coming together in the backyard and, and just, um, you know, having some fun out there playing cricket. But we used to always venture to the Boxing Day test as well. Oh, wow. Um, so spend, spend your birthday at the cricket. Yeah, yeah. So I, I loved it because I loved cricket. But as I've gotten a little bit older and playing myself, now I'm finding that we're either playing or travelling on, on my birthday, which um, is part and parcel of it these days. But, yeah, certainly as a, as a kid, I used to love going to the Boxing Day test. I know from experience that my wife's birthday is between Christmas and New Year, and sometimes those birthdays get forgotten about because, you know, everyone's... <laughs> you know, going on holiday or they or they give you a present for Christmas and your birthday. Did you have a rule about this? Are you like, I want a birthday, a Christmas present and a birthday present? Uh, yeah, look, it is nice to get your, your birthday recognised separately to Christmas. But in saying that, I don't know any different, to be honest. But um, <laughs> yeah, there are a couple of people who tend to throw it together. But mum and dad are pretty good. They usually make sure I get a, a Christmas and a birthday present. So good. To, do you come from a cricket family? Yeah, look, as I said, it was a big part of my family growing up. Um, you know, whenever we, we came together, we'd always end up in the backyard playing cricket. Uh, having said that, neither my mum my or my dad played cricket, but for some reason we, you know, cousins, aunties, uncles, we, we all sort of got into it. And I did have a, a couple of uncles who played. Desmond Haynes? Uh, no, he wasn't West Indian. <laughs> but yeah, one of the, the things in playing cricket in the backyard and out in the street, that's how... Um, I first joined my first club because my neighbour was involved at a, a local club and he saw me playing and said, oh, 
you know, you should come down. And, and so I did, and it sort of went from there. Great. And was that a mixed club or? Yeah, so they, I ended up playing the under-12s, boy, in the under-12s boys team at Northbourne Cricket Club. But they also started up uh, their first under-17 female team too. So I was part of that inaugural team. Um, and then I actually realised all along, so when I'd been playing in the backyard, there was actually a really, women, a really large women's club no less than five minutes from my house in, in Box Hill. So I ended up going down there after a year at North Bourne and um, the rest is history. I played all my junior cricket down there and um, stayed there up until I left to, to come to Sydney and play. Wow. So I guess you've seen uh, a huge change from, you know, those first forays into club cricket to, to now how the women's game has grown at, a, at the club level. must be very heartening. Yeah, it's been huge. And, you know, I was really fortunate at... Box Hill, um, when I joined the club, they had two senior female teams uh, and under 17s female team as well. So when I first walked through the door at that club, it absolutely blew my mind to see other women running around and playing cricket. That was the first time I'd ever seen it. And I I just loved it from that moment. I, I knew it was something that I really wanted to do. And yeah, it, it was um, yeah, a great part of my childhood well, and growing up. Now you're a professional cricketer, so it's all come true. So um, you, you moved from Melbourne to Sydney. Um, why did you leave Victoria? Is it just to, to live in the greatest city on earth in Sydney? Or <laughs> every Sydney sider says that. Uh, yeah, it wasn't a it wasn't a cricket decision for me. It was um, more a personal decision. So my partner uh, was working up here at the time, and it was much easier for me to move, given I was at university finishing my degree and, and playing. And so. Uh, I think when I called New South Wales to, as the Victorian captain to, to ask whether or not they'd be interested in um, having me in their squad, they probably thought I was, I was joking a little bit. But um, no, look, it's been a really great um, experience. I'm glad I did it. it was How a, long ago was that? Uh, it was seven years ago now. It's quite so, a while. Yeah, it was a, it was a long time ago, but it was a, a big decision at the time. I'd, I'd just made the Australian team as well. So I guess, you know, from my point of view, there's... In the back of my mind, I was hoping it wasn't going to affect my cricket as well. But I think all in all, um, you know, I was really happy off the field and, and still obviously am. And I think at the end of the day, it really helped my game. Yeah. And did you just want to be a part of the Breakers juggernaut? <laughs> yeah, I was sick of losing to them in the finals. No, look, um, I think that was probably the silver lining, to be honest, to, to be able to come up to, to Sydney and play and really experienced the culture of, of the New South Wales Breakers team and they have such a rich history of not only producing Australian players but um, success within their team and their own environment and you know it's something that I really value being a part of and you know to see how they've really set the standard in women's cricket I think the amount of money that they invested in their pathway even early before it was sort of the thing to do. Um, it seemed like they were a little bit ahead of the curve. Yeah, they were. They definitely, um, I think, led the way. It's from no that coincidence respect. they've won almost yeah. every title. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, it's been really great to be part of. So, you know, I read an interesting story that you were almost lost to cricket. You almost, you know, it was becoming really hard juggling a career and playing. How close was it to to saying, okay, now I'm done with cricket? Yeah, I did come pretty close, to be honest. I think uh, I'd experienced a, a lot of success, which I was extremely grateful for domestically. I'd been fortunate to represent my country as well and, and play in World Cups and, and you know win, win World Cups and those sorts of things, win Ashes series. So from my side, I was, 
I was starting to obviously think about, okay, what does life look like for me after cricket? And I wasn't sure I'd get another opportunity in the Australian team. And so, yeah, I was, I was starting to think a little bit about my future and, and what direction I was looking to head in. And, and what were you doing? Uh, I was working at a marketing agency, actually, in North Sydney. Great. So I was enjoying that. But I think for me, I, I felt like I probably wasn't doing either well at the time. I was, you know, working quite hard and then obviously jumping off to training as well and they were turning into long days and um yeah I felt like I I wasn't able to put in time as well to things outside um you know in terms of seeing my family um spending time with my partner all those sorts of things so it was starting to wear me down a little bit but I guess the 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 back to that the backside to that was that there was the 50 over world cup which was the world cup last year um on the horizon and uh, so I went and sat down with Create New South Wales and just sort of spoke to them about how I was feeling and let them know that I, I was struggling. And I was very fortunate that the CEO, Andrew Jones, and uh, David Moore, who's head of high performance there, essentially helped me out. And there was this odd transition happening at the time as well with uh, New South Wales Breakers were the first team to professionalise domestically. Yeah, they too. got a sponsor, I think. Yeah, with Len Lease. So they... They, I guess, came to the party and that was a game changer for me and it allowed me to, yeah, cut back on my work hours and, and put some more time into cricket and have a go at making that team for one mm. last shot. And Which has turned out to be a bit longer. Yeah, it has. It turned out to be a bit longer and I, I was, um, you know, probably a bit fortunate as well in terms of there were a couple of injuries at the time. So Elise Perry and Alex Blackwell both got injured at the same time, you know, during a, a series against New Zealand and... So I got my opportunity there and was able to, uh, I guess, make the make the most of it. And the rest is history, as they say. I sort of haven't looked back. Wow. So I guess it really does show that the, the new MOU that does support women's cricket is, it makes a huge practical difference to keeping athletes in the game now. Yeah, it is huge. And I think now as a, an Australian player, we're, we're paid you know, very well for what we do. And domestically, it's great as well. We're seeing those girls become more and more or closer and closer to full-time athletes and you can just see it's changed you know the game's evolved and we've seen players become fitter stronger hitting the ball further um, they're looking more athletic it's it's really changed I think how the the game's played and um, I think we'll see it go to another level again during uh, Big Bash this year. And I guess you have to because the rest of the world seems to be getting better so the Australian cricket team has to push itself now to get better as well yeah I think there's not a lot separating the top four teams in the world particularly in t20 cricket at the moment so, so who'd that be England New Zealand Australia and yeah probably India West Indies are yeah it's probably top five. five yeah really so you know on on their day anyone can be dangerous um, but it's one advantage that Australia has at the moment is the depth domestically um, and players pushing each other for spots in the national team which is really important and so there's this whole pool of players now to choose from and I think we've seen that uh, really come to life we've seen um, you know Georgia Wareham and Taylor Lemenic uh, get picked for the first time. I'm glad time. you said it. I, was... <laughs> uh, I hope I've pronounced that right she might come back to me but yeah I think we've seen the, the the fruits of that so far in terms of those girls played or went through the MPS squad in the winter and if that squad wasn't there they wouldn't have got the opportunity I don't think that they have now so um, yeah I think Cricket Australia have done really well there and they're leading the way. So has going back to the game do you love the game as much as you ever did now is it sort of you know have you recaptured the the passion for the game when you almost left? Yeah I I definitely think I had um, or have sorry at the time you know 
when I when I first lost my national contract, that was a, a really tough period. And, you know, it was a bit of a, I was at the crossroads a little bit. I was obviously really disappointed. I was probably a little bit angry as well. But it gave me the opportunity to go away and... Anger's and, good sometimes. Yeah, to, to work on my game. Um, and also, I think personally just develop a little bit as well so I finished my uni degree you know went out into the workforce and spent some time um, working full-time too so I think it, it made me a, maybe a, a little bit more rounded I think in the past I just cricket was everything to me and it was the only thing really that I, I focused on I didn't think about perhaps some other things and, and having a balance away from it but I think I've captured that now and it's put me in a, a lot better place as a, an athlete and I feel like I'm playing a lot better cricket as well that's great well you know, you had a wonderful season last year, captaining Australia to Ashes victory. I mean, that must have really felt like a reward for coming back to the game almost. Yeah, it was really All great, to work. be honest. It was, um, yeah, an extraordinary experience to have the honour to, to captain your country. And in saying that, I think, you know, the support I received from the team as well was really quite outstanding. You know, I think whenever there's a change in leadership, sometimes that creates a little bit of uncertainty and sort of, you know, people think, oh, what does that mean for me? Am I still going to fit in? But I think the team really came together quite well. I was very well supported um, by Alex Buckwell too as as the vice-captain. And, yeah, it was a pretty special tournament to be part of too. I think, you know, at home we received a lot of support from the Australian public, which was really nice. Yeah, it was the, a lot of interest in the series. Yeah. It was it great was, leading into the men's ashes. It's a good a good formula. Yeah, it really was. And, you know, I think we're, we're starting to, to feel that support again heading into this Australian summer as well. And so we're all really looking forward to that first game at North Sydney Oval this weekend. Yeah, so I, I read that you one of the motivating factors in coming back to the game is you wanted to finish off on a better note. Have you started to think now how you want to finish? Well, that's a tough question. Um, there's not many people who get to choose how they finish uh, the game at this level. So for me, it's I just want to make sure that I enjoy each series. The game has changed so much from when I first started playing to where it is now and so it's been a really nice time to play play through the professionalization and just see it evolve Mm. so for me you could do a brad hogg and play to your 45 or something that'd be nice i don't know if my body would let me (laughs) do that but yeah look i want to play for as long as i I possibly can um i want to enjoy every experience that comes my my way I, i don't know when it'll end but I think for me, it's just it's really nice to to be back in the team and, and playing good cricket and be able to enjoy the experiences that we have. Absolutely. All right, listeners, we're going to take a quick break and then we will be back to tackle the week of cricket headlines. So when we come back, we'll be talking about what's going on in the UAE. All right, quick break, and then I'll be back with Australian women's team vice-captain Rachel Haynes. Elisa, I saw that... Hi. Hey. How are you? Good. I saw it was your wedding anniversary yesterday, or was that right you put on Instagram, or when you and Mitch Not got wedding, together? Yep. Eight years ago? Eight Congratulations. Years. Thanks. How challenging is it juggling your relationship and both being... <laughs> You know, traveling around everywhere. I'm fiercely independent, so it's not too it's not too bad. Yeah, it's it's going to be a tricky couple of years with um, both schedules um, really ramping up. But uh, I've no doubt that um, we'll be fine. Cricket doesn't last forever, so we'll um, we'll save all that stuff for post career. Yeah, what about if you get to commentate on Mitch over the summer? <laughs> will you get into him? Yeah, you should be pretty wary. Um, yeah, I like to have a jab here and there, but uh, look, I don't know too much about left arm fast bowling, so I can't really give him any advice. Welcome back to Cricket Unfiltered, the News Corp cricket podcast. That was Elisa Healy speaking 
outside the Blues training last week. So how is the relationship between the Australian men's team and the Australian women's team? Is there some camaraderie, obviously, you know, Elisa and Mitch are both playing in the teams. Oh, I was just going to say there's a marriage, so that helps. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, I think it's one of those things. We actually don't get to spend that much time together because often we are travelling. So uh, it's not like a normal office where, you know, you see each other in passing and um, in day-to-day. Uh, often where, you know, your office is where you're Opposite you're ends of the world. Yeah, but I think more and more we do cross paths. And I think what we've seen with domestically the players becoming more closer to full-time they actually get a lot more crossover with our our state-based players so there's opportunities where they're training together in the gym seeing each other develop as well in the then there's a big bash clubs where there's that kind of thing yeah exactly so I think domestically that's probably where the crossover is a lot more Um, because I've noticed a shift going back a few years that men's and women's cricket seemed very separate and then now you know they seem to be coming closer together the Sixers is a club and it has a men's and a women's team and New South Wales has a men's and a women's team, which is a lot different than it used to be. Yeah, and, and that's how it feels. Uh, you know, I play Sydney Thunder and we certainly have, you know, two team, one club mentality. And yeah, you know, whenever we get a chance, we go down and, and support the, the guys when they play. And we certainly feel that support um, back as well when we've got our games. So I think it's been a, a really big emphasis uh, over the last couple of years and Big Bash has, has certainly helped with that. Yeah. The men's Thunder team are battlers, aren't they? Um, <laughs> all right, so also Elisa Healy is turning to commentary for Fox Sports. I think she has the right personality for commentary. She's very opinionated, loves a joke. Well, do you think she'll be a good commentator? Yeah, I think so. I think in that clip she mentioned she doesn't know anything about left-arm bowling, but I've seen her bowl right-arm than that, so maybe she might have a few thoughts there for some of the fast bowlers. <laughs> but, yeah, I think the, the great thing about you know the landscape at the moment is we're seeing more and more personalities come through, particularly from the women's side of the game. And so, you know, it's great that Elise has got that opportunity. I think we'll see some other players as well get some chances throughout the summer, which will be great. Right. Um, because yeah, there's a couple of characters out there and, mm. and some people who aren't shy to give their opinions. Yeah, how, how do you go with dealing with the media? Yeah, it's part and parcel of the game now. So uh, perhaps in the past, it, it was sort of off in the shadow and there'd be a couple of questions here and there. But there's a lot more interest in, in the team now and people want to know who the players are. Uh, I think social media has helped with that as well too, with, with players being able to... Podcasts. Yeah, podcasts, uh, being able to, to showcase their personalities a little bit. So yeah, it's it's really good. I think it's a positive thing for the game. And, and do you read stuff about yourself when you see an article? Do you read it or do you just scroll past <laughs> depends how well you're playing isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> do you read the good ones yeah read the good ones um oh look i think i read lots of news so i, I read lot, a lot about cricket and and the game and you know listen to to what different players are, are saying as well i think that's the the beauty too with people with players writing about you know the the state of the game and those sorts of things so yeah I, i've got a real interest in the game so i, I definitely um look at Look at what's been put out there. So do you think the Fox Cricket Channel will just be on on all the time on your house? Uh, it already is. Yeah. So um, I was an avid watcher of AFL 360, and so now I can't wait for the cricket version of it. Uh, I think that'll be on in my house night after night. Yeah, what about your partner? Just, does she mind about that? Uh, she hates AFL, so... Um, she'll be happy with yeah, the cricket she'll channel? Be with, the channel. <laughs> with the change, I'm with her. Yeah. I don't like AFL either. All right, uh, let's wrap it up with the Week in Cricket headline brought to you by Sydney's The Daily Telegraph. The Australian men's team is in the UAE preparing for an upcoming test series against Pakistan. Ash Agar and Travis Head have stayed back and didn't travel over with the team, which 
I think means the 11 is starting to firm up. So, Ash, I think they'll play two spinners, two quicks, um, with Renshaw and Finch opening, Kawaja at three, and then probably uh, the two Marshes and Travis Head in there. What are your tactics for playing on turning tracks? I mean, we saw Justin Langer putting water bottles in the rough for Matty Renshaw this week. How do you go on a turning track? What's 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 your what's your method? Well, the beauty of women's cricket is we play a lot of short form, so we don't find ourselves on a lot of um, ragging wickets, which oh, is good. nice. <laughs> but you know, our teams are spending more and more time over in India, getting used to those types of conditions. So. Uh, I think the key is trying to, to play with the turn as, as much as possible. Uh, I think you get into really big trouble um, over in those wickets when you're trying to play shots against the spin and to those sweep sorts of a things. Lot. Yeah, so sweep we, with the spin. Yeah, we've seen um, players have success with that at various stages. You know, Hanscom, who's unfortunately not there at the moment. Um, you know, he sort of worked out something in India that worked for him. But the great thing I about that was a strange one, not taking Hanscom, only mm. because he had that experience. L- last year in two series in the subcontinent yeah so you would think you would want someone over there who's had that experience yeah and look i think the beauty of where the team's at at the moment is there's opportunity for players so if you're scoring runs you know and they've sort of shown against it doesn't necessarily matter which format they want to see batters scoring big runs so it's really nice to see players like aaron finch get an opportunity you know i'm I'm sort of another victorian yeah he's, he's a victorian and it's it's just Great to see him over there, and I really do hope he gets the the opportunity to to play Test cricket. Um, you know, Kawaja as well. I think he's he's tightened up his game against spin and has been scoring runs. Um, you know, over in England. And with so. Smith and Warner out, he is such a senior figure now yep. in our batting order. Kawaja. Yeah, absolutely. And with Mitch Marsh coming back in as well, um, Shaw Marsh is obviously. Um, pretty strong to spin too so I think you know we'll be in a a good position it will be a tough series for us over there but you know I think it it presents a a really great opportunity for those players absolutely and it's perfect time for viewing I think it's you know three in the afternoon roughly will be first ball so for me that's gold you just just check in in the afternoon and it's cricket all the way to bed yep perfect um, so that will start in a couple of weeks, that series. They've got one uh, practice match. Now, the JLT Cup is underway, which is the domestic one-day competition. And they've made a really interesting change this year where basically everyone gets to the knockout phase. So the top two teams on the ladder go through to the, the semifinals and then the three to six on the ladder play off to join them in the semifinals. Now, there was some press that, oh, that's not great. It seems to reward... Uh, the la- you shouldn't reward the last place team, but I actually think it's really good because it will give all the players an experience in knockout cricket. What do you think about that sort of structural change? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that's that's key uh, and practicing to win because that's really what knockout cricket is about. You've got to make sure you win. Yeah, I think it's it's great practice for tournaments like World Cup because at the end of the day, they're the type of big international series that Australian cricket wants to thrive in and be successful in. And you don't want your first experience at knockout cricket to be at a World Cup. So for that to be introduced domestically and, and players have an opportunity to understand, okay, in a given moment, this situation is about winning this contest and in the context of the tournament, winning this game. It's win or um, go home kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, it's, it's really good practice. It's also good, I think, say, New South Wales are none for three as we record this. They're playing at the moment. Normally they would be thinking, okay, we're out of this tournament, so starting to think about, I don't know, the Sheffield Shield. But with a chance of getting to a knockout phase, it does keep all the teams interested. Yeah, I think so. And 
yeah, as I said, I think it's just really good practice for the next level. And um, it changes your mindset when you're out in the game in terms of how you're playing, um, having that added responsibility as well. And I think keeping teams in the contest too. Like, yeah, it's not ideal that uh, New South Wales are starting zip and three, but yeah, there's plenty of opportunity there for players to to um, score some runs and, and practice what need, they need to execute the next level. Cracking first game for the women's breakers. The women's New South Wales team losing by one wicket to Queensland. I mean, I was following that on um, the Cricket Australia app, but thrilling game, just pipped. What, you had Queensland six for 18 and they still won? Yeah, look, it probably wasn't our best batting effort, to be honest. We got we got um, rolled, uh, which wasn't wasn't great, but our, our bowling group really just, you know, sort of lit, lit a bit of fire in the belly for them and they went out there and really chased it for us and... Renee Farrell wound back the clock and, um, you know, she had the, the ball on a string. It was swinging quite a bit. So it was good to see her take some early wickets and get us in the contest. But unfortunately, we just didn't have enough runs on the board. And, um, you know, though we took a, a Their couple... Their tail of, got stuck in. Yeah, they, they really they really did. And they had a good partnership there. Um, but unfortunately, we didn't break it early enough uh, towards the end and they got over the line. Wow. And the last bit of the last bit of cricket news this week is Sydney Premier Cricket saw Steve Smith and David Warner return to local action. Smith scored 85, Warner 155. Great for the local game. There was big crowds there to see them. So that was really good. I remember when I was playing great cricket a long time ago, you would still have the internationals there for the first few games or and and that would get people along. So I think it, it was good for the local game. You know what about Steve Smith, fallen Australian captain? Do you what do you do you like him? Yeah, I think he's he's a really great guy, and obviously it was really unfortunate what happened last year. But you know we've got our reviews happening at the moment, and I think um, you know you'll see um, some changes there in terms of how you know Australian cricket teams want to play. Um, we want to make sure that we we play a, a brand and, and style of cricket that. Australia can be proud of. It doesn't matter whether you're an Australian men's player or an Australian women's player. Um, so yeah, I think we've we've moved on from from that. Um, it's good to see those guys back and playing uh, club cricket, mm-hmm. and I wish them both all the best. It, it'll be great to see them back playing cricket for Australia. I think you know they've they've learned a pretty harsh lesson, and um, you know they did do the wrong thing. So it's it's part and parcel of it but yeah it's it's good to see them back playing and contributing um at that level yeah because smith always seems like you know likable character very focused but someone you'd want in your team yeah absolutely and i think you know he's such a or been such a, a great player um over a period of time and hopefully as i said he can come back and and, and score runs and and get some enjoyment back for the game too both at that level and then hopefully we'll see him back internationally as well at some and stage did you talk did, were you part of the review I was part of the Australian Cricket Review so that's just wrapped up at the moment and obviously findings will get released from that later on in the year uh, I've got to say it was a, a really good thorough process that, that was gone through um, and uh, you know some really good lessons learned out of it as well but all those findings, I think, are with the board at the moment, so they'll get released in, in due course. 
Definitely. It's going to be big news when they come out. All right. Well, Rachel, you've been so generous with your time. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You know, one thing I really wanted to do was before the season gets really hectic, give the listeners an insight into, you know, how the Australian women's cricket team operates and and your journey. So I hope the listeners have enjoyed it as much as I have. And thank you so much for coming on the show. No worries. Thank you. All right, listeners, that's it for Cricket Unfiltered this week. Remember, this Saturday night, the Australian women's cricket team kicks off the international season. So tune in. It's going to be a great game.